Welcome! You're listening to audio of Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. At ICC, we are being transformed by Jesus to impact our world. Wherever you are as you listen today, we want you to know that we love and appreciate you. We're so glad you're here. We hope today's message will help you grow in relationship with Jesus. You can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at iccmemphis.com. Thanks again for joining us. Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, my name is Rob Hodum. I am one of the elder pastors here. It's great to be with you all today. And we're continuing our sermon series called Rhythms of Grace. And we're studying about growing in spiritual habits. This is not only a Sunday series, it's also something we're doing on Wednesday nights. If you've not been able to join us on Wednesday nights, I just want to encourage you to come out. Uh, we have great fellowship on Wednesday nights where we're continuing in this series. And we're also, um, there's an opportunity to have a meal. And if you've got kids and grandkids, bring them because we've got a vacation Bible school going on, which is terrific. Um, what we're doing in this season, uh, this summer, is encouraging people to grow in spiritual habits. Uh, and uh, that's the next slide. Uh, we're in spiritual habits position us to receive God's grace. That's why we're encouraging people to grow in spiritual habits. Now, what are the spiritual habits that we're encouraging people to grow in? Okay, there's going to be a chart that they're going to put on the wall. And um, I would encourage you, if you don't have a picture of this in your phone, I'd encourage you to do that because this is the foundation for like what we're teaching this summer. And uh, the habits, the spiritual habits are on the periphery there's 11 cogs that you see on the periphery, and there's a lesson on each one of these spiritual habits. And so if you don't have a picture of this, or if you don't have a copy of this, now's a good time to take this. At the center of all this is the grace of God. We can't do anything in and of our own. We, we need God's gift of grace for us, but we're encouraging everybody in these spiritual habits. And there's four related to prayer. There's four that are related to church life. And there's three of them that are related to the Word. And today I'm going to be talking about one of the um, habits that we're encouraging people in regard to the Word in just a minute. But before I get there, you know, I want to, I think it's important to, we've been getting people to ask the question every week, you know, why, are, why do these matter? Are these really important? And a companion question with that is, you know, why do I need grace? Because we're, we're saying, you know, we want you to do these habits, not just to stay busy, we want you to do these habits because it's going to put you in a position to receive the grace of God. So a question is, well, you know, why, why do I need grace? Well, I can tell you that in my life and in your life, if you, if you profess Jesus as Savior, the most important event that happened to you in your life and in my life is when we received God's grace, the gift of grace, and we got salvation. We reestablished our relationship with God through faith in what Jesus did for us. That's the most important decision that I've ever made in my life. It's the most important decision that you will ever make in your life. So you just think about, you need grace just to have a relationship with God. That's why it's so important. But, you know, just as we need grace to get saved, we also need grace to grow. The same grace that saved us is the same grace that's going to help us mature. And, you know, the Bible teaches us in uh, Ephesians 2, 8, that we're saved by grace. It's not from ourselves. It's a gift of God. You know, it's not of our own doing. 
So the, the, most, the biggest event that has ever happened to me is through grace. But friends, we need grace to grow too. And the truth is, from James 4, 6, the Bible says that God doesn't give grace to everybody. We know that not everybody gets saved. And friends, I'm going to tell you, there's some of you here in this room, you are saved, and you're not going to grow in spiritual maturity. God's not going to give you grace. You say, well, doesn't God love me? Yeah, he, God loves you. But if you want the gift of God, if you want God's grace, you can't be proud. Look at James 4, 6. In these companion verses, all say the same thing. There's one of them that's out of whack up there, but they all say the same thing. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. What has that got to do with this series? Well, let's, I'm assuming that you're a Christian person, that you've accepted Jesus into your heart. But let's say that, you know, AJ stands up here and says, you know, th three weeks, two weeks ago, he said, you know, read the Bible every day. Um, th there's a reason for that habit. John was here last week. He said, study the Bible. Barrett talked on Wednesday night about going into a place of silence and solitude, going into the wilderness in Eremos. Did I get that pronunciation right, Pastor Barrett? Eremos? See, but what you have to do, if you're, if you're a proud person, you say, well, oh, well, that sounds good, but you know, I just don't have time right now. I've got a lot of stuff going on. I've got vacation this summer. That sounds good for you, Pastor Rob, but you know, I just don't think I can do that. I'm just going to go my own way. I'm good with God. I'm good right now. That's pride. And God opposes the people who are proud. And even though you're saved, God's going to let you do your own way. But let me tell you something. If you're humble in your heart, what does it mean to be humble? It means that you're willing to learn. It means that you're willing to listen. It means that you're willing to adapt. It means that you're willing to change. Okay? Because once we get born again, people... God doesn't want to leave us baby Christians. You're born again and you're a child of God, but God doesn't want to leave you a baby. He wants you to mature. He wants to nourish you. He wants you to grow just like any parent does. But you can't do that on your own. You've got to have the grace of God. You've got to have God's favor. And the only way that you're going to get favor is if you're humble in your heart. And you say, God, I teach me. God, will you show me? Will you help me? And friends, that starts right here, right now, you know. I'm just going to encourage every one of you, you know, take some notes in your, in your phone. If you don't have taken notes in your phone, get something out and write something down. I've, you've heard me say before, a short pencil is better than a long memory. You're going to learn in 20 minutes what it's taken me 11 years to learn if you'll just take some notes. And I believe God will bless you. It starts with being humble right now. Are you willing to change? Are you willing to learn? Today's lesson... It, uh, well, first of all, I'm going to give us a, a, an outline here of what we're going to do. Today's lesson is memorization and meditation on God's Word. There's actually two disciplines combined into one. You're getting a twofer here. And I'm going to start out with what we're talking about. And the what is we're talking about memorizing and meditating on God's Word. And then I'm going to, I'm going to share with you, well, why do we do this? Why does God want us to do this? And then I'm going to share with you how I've done it in my life and how you can do it in your life. So let's start out with what? What? So the what is memorizing, and that's the learning part. And meditating, that's the speaking part. Okay, now you're thinking, some of you are thinking meditating. Doesn't that mean thought? What is he talking about speaking? Well, just stick with me, 
And you'll understand it here in just a few minutes. So we're talking about two things, memorizing scripture and meditating, speaking it out, okay? So let's go to uh, Psalms 119, verse 11. The psalmist, and it's believed that David wrote Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. I believe it's one of the most important chapters in the Bible. And the psalmist said, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. David read the scripture. And he didn't just read it and then put it in the drawer till the next day or the next week till the next time that he read it. There were times where he committed to memory the things that he read. And he stored it up in his heart. Well, why was David uh, storing up the word of God in his heart? Well, it says that I might not sin against you. But look at what also what Jesus said in Luke 6, 45. He said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, David knew that what he got in his heart, he was going to end up speaking out. And that's what Jesus is saying. And that's what he's telling you this morning. And my question to you is, what have you got in the abundance of your heart? What do you talk about? Because the stuff that you talk about, and the st- it's the stuff that you're focused on in your mind. It's what you- is in your heart. Have you got God's word and his truth in your heart? Have you stored that up? Or is it something else? Okay, so we're talking about meditating is the speaking part. I want us to look at Joshua 1.8. I think this verse is the quintessential verse in the Bible that speaks about meditation and defining what it is. And it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Now I do not have a strong Bible concordance, but my good friend, Zach Watts, who is not only a friend, he's a Bible scholar, he has one. And I said, Zach, will you look up this word? I think I know what it means, but I want to make sure. He looked it up for me, and it's a Hebrew word for meditate. It's called daga. That's how you pronounce it in my southern drawl English, daga. Um, And what it means is it means to mutter. It means to speak. It means to utter. Okay? So let's go back and read Joshua 1.8 in the context of what this word means. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate, mutter, speak, utter, on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So, you know, for those of us who are thinking, well, gee, meditation is a thought. Well, actually, meditation is a sound. It's something that's coming out of your mouth. Now, why is God telling us, and what is it that we're supposed to meditate on? The Word of God. But why is God telling us to do this? Well, there's a lot of reasons why God might want you to meditate, speak His Word out. First of all, He's already spoken it, right? Every word is God-breathed. Remember, AJ uh, shared that verse with us from 2 Timothy 3 last week. It could be, it's, it's a great thing to know the heart of God, and the heart of God is in the words that he speaks. But friends, in the, in the English Bible, there's 800,000 words. There's 800,000 words, and I don't think it's realistic to think that any of us are going to be able to night and day speak out the word of God and to memorize the whole Bible. Uh, that's not possible for most of us. But why is God asking? What is it that he's asking? 
And we're going to get into that a little bit more in, in a minute when we talk about how, but why is he asking us to memorize this, this scripture and to, to repeat it out of our mouth? Well, there, as I said, there could be a lot of reasons, but I want to focus on the one reason that's affected me in my life is because we're in a battle. Friends, if you are a child of God, uh, you're in a battle today, and the battle is in your mind. The battle is in your mind. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. It spells this out. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Friends, we're in a battle. You say, I don't want to be in a battle, Rob. Well, I understand that, but we're in a battle, okay? And the battle is in your mind. And what Satan desires to do is he knows that if you're God's child, you're going to heaven. Nothing can pluck you from God's hands if you have professed faith in Christ. But he has no regard for God and he hates you, and he wants to destroy you, and he wants to do everything he can to get your mind off of the things of God and off of God's Word and off of the truth of God's Word and get it on the temptation that he's tempt- tempting you with or getting, you, getting it on the fact that, um, you know, this happened to you, so you're depressed and you're sad. He wants to make you feel ashamed for the things that you've done in the past. He wants you to be discouraged. He wants to defeat you. And you're in a war, and it's in, it, most of the battles that we face are in our mind. Now, I want to share with you, Jesus and God are not in a war with the devil. They're not in a war with the devil. Let's look at this verse from Luke. And Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, and he said, But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Jesus takes his pinky finger, and he casts out the devil. De- Jesus is not worried about the devil. He's not worried about the devil taking over heaven. He's not tempted by the devil. He can't be tempted by evil. God's not in a war with the devil, but friends, the scripture says that we are. We have battles that we have to fight. The good part about it is is that God just doesn't put us out on the battlefield and say, well, uh, I know you just accepted me as a baby Christian, and there you go. He doesn't do that. He gives us some weapons for our battle. And that's what I want to talk with you today about. Memorization and meditation are our spiritual weapons. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. I want to point out a couple of things. It doesn't say the weapons of God's warfare. It says our warfare. Okay? See, you're in a battle. Okay? So... We have weapons, though, that God has given us. Do you know what your weapons are? Turn to your neighbor and say, I need a weapon. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need a weapon. Say, I need a weapon. Okay. God has given us some weapons. Okay. And the good part about it is, is that it's not an AK-47. We don't need that for this type of battle. We need a divine, we need a divine weapon. Okay. But the great part about it is, it's good for destroying strongholds. What are the strongholds in your life? What are, what are the challenges that you're facing? 
you know, I'll tell you, you know, I've been very open and honest since coming here about the struggles that I've faced in my life. And, you know, I've faced the uh, sin of homosexuality since I was a kid. I accepted Jesus when I was six years old, but the devil cleaned my clock every time because I did not know how to fight a battle. I didn't know about spiritual warfare. I didn't understand that God just, you know, I just thought, well, you know, I just don't know what to do, and I lived defeated for many, many years, you know. But friends, we don't have to be defeated. You have to learn what your weapons are, and you have to take up your weapon, and you have to get in the game. You have to fight. And let me just say, Ephesians says there's a whole armor of weapons, and there are, but today I'm only talking about two. I'm talking about memorization and meditation, and in Ephesians 6, 17, it's not on the screen, but it says, Ephesians 6, 17 says that the sword of, is the Spirit. It's the Word of God, okay? We're talking about the Word of God as a weapon here, and it's, it's an offensive weapon. It's good for destroying strongholds. God just doesn't just leave us out on the field to get slaughtered. You don't have to, but you have to take up a weapon and use it, and we're going to discuss how in just a minute. Let's look at verse 5. Verse 5 says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Notice it doesn't say God, you know, Jesus is not fighting that battle for you. Jesus' part is to do the supernatural part. He did his part on the cross. The devil is defeated, okay? And what he wants to do is confuse you and to ruin your life and to make it as bad for you as he can, okay? But it's up to us, it's up to you and me to take up a weapon and to destroy. And what are we to destroy? We're to destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. What's the knowledge of God? It's right here. You've got to know what's in here, okay, so that when somebody raises an opinion or an argument, you can say, oh, but wait. No, that's not right. I'll tell you one of the ones that I face. I've had people very well-intentioned come up to me and say, Rob, you know, don't you think God created you? And I was like, yeah, I think so. Well, don't you think he created you the way to be the way that you are? And don't you think that he wants you to be happy? That sounds like a good argument to me. But you know what I cannot get around is Leviticus 18.22 says, a man shall not lie with a man as a man lies with a woman because it's an abomination. So yeah, God does want me to be happy. And God does, uh, he did make me, I, I believe he probably made me the way I am. But at the end of the day, I have a choice that I've got to make. You know, what am I going to believe? And so it's up to me to destroy those strongholds. It's up to me to destroy those arguments. It's not up to God. He's already given me the tool. I've got to know how to use the, how to use the weapon, okay? It's also up to me to take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, some people look at this and say, well, gee, that, you know, I just can't. How in the world can you control your thoughts? Are you telling me uh, that I can control my thoughts? Well, you can't control all of them, but you know, we, we can control a lot of them because in Philippians 4, it says, think on these things. You know, what are you thinking about? A lot of times we're thinking about the stuff that we put in front of our eyes and the things, the people that we're around, and that leads to thoughts. But friends, we do have random thoughts that come into our mind and you can't control what necessarily comes into your mind. But if it's contrary to the will of God, you can take it captive. And the, and the Bible says that it's up to us. It says we take captive. It's not up to God. It's up to you. It says we take captive every thought to obey Christ. 
What's the devil trying to do in temptation? He's trying to get your mind, oh, that looks good. I think I'll, think I'll go there. So the devil, what, what, what meditation and memorization do is when we memorize the word and you get it in your heart and you speak it out of your mouth, what we're going to see is this, that the sound of God's word coming out of your mouth tells your mind what to think. It corrects your focus. The only reason that men fail is because they lose their focus. That's why people fail. You've got to get your focus on the truth of God's word. Okay, so we've gone over the why. Now, let's go on to the how. Uh, we've got to memorize, and then we've got to pray and speak God's word. Now, as I said, the Bible's got almost 800,000 words in it. You can't memorize the whole thing. But Isaiah 117 says, learn to do good. Learn to do good. You got to learn. That means, you know, you read the Bible, but then you don't just put it in a drawer until the next time that you pick it up. Uh, I'm not even suggesting that you, you know, memorize something every day. Uh, some people say, well, what should I memorize? Well, what's your strongholds in your life? That's the first thing that you need to do. If there's a stronghold or a struggle in your life that you're dealing with right now, you need to look up scriptures that relate to that. You can look on, you can ask Siri, you can look on Google, but you can also search the scriptures. You know, there's been times in my life where I've just prayed, I said, God, help me. And I'm, this, God is my witness. The Bible opened up and I read the scripture and, and God spoke to me. And he'll do it for you too, but you've got to ask him, you've got to want it. You've got to want to learn. Friends, there's a lot of ways to memorize stuff. I don't, you know, when you were in school, I mean, I had to like memorize Beowulf and you know, Shakespeare and all that kind of stuff, and I remember some of it, but we got to learn to read a scripture, and you got to learn to get it in your heart and memorize it, okay? You may do that with a card or, you know, with somebody else, but it's, it's part of this discipline. Are you humble today? Are, 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 are you receiving this, that there needs to be some changes in your life? You need to do more than just read the Bible every once in a while and put it in a drawer, you know? You know, God's not asking this to, for, for you to do something. He wants something for you. He wants something for your life. He doesn't want you to live in defeat. He wants you to have victory. But it's up to you. Okay, so let's, let's, let's look at the next verse from Psalms 119. Uh, the psalmist again, this is David. He said, let the insolent be put to shame because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. Who are the insolent people, the insolent beings that he's talking about here? Well, to be sure, I mean, you know, there were people that cursed David, that told lies about David. But we just read in Ephesians that our enemies are not human beings, people. God uses human beings, I mean, the devil, excuse me, uses human beings to tell falsehoods about you. And, you know, when you've been wronged, you've been violated, you've been, people have lied about you, how does that make you feel? Well, it affects your mind. There starts to be a battle in your mind. What was David's response? Did he curse the people that cursed him? Did he, uh, what, did, what did he do? He, look what he said. He said, I will meditate on your precepts. He says, God, I will meditate. That's, the res that's our response to the war that's going on in our mind, is to meditate, speak out, memorize and speak out the word of God to your situation. Okay, so let's look at this. Let's get into more, some more detail about how. And, you know, I tell you, I start my day every day. I did it this morning. 
that I, I picked this verse, this next verse, Psalm 118, 24. I use it a lot when I wake up. You have a lot of idle time, and especially when you first wake up. This, I said this first this morning, since I woke up. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, a lot of people, you say, I'm not a morning person. I don't feel like it, Rob. You know, that's the point. You know, that's the whole point of this is that, you know, a lot of times we don't feel like it and we know that it may, it's setting up to be a bad day, but God says rejoice. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The point is to get your mind refocused by speaking out the word of God in your mouth so that your mouth is telling your mind what to think. Okay. And there's a lot of verses. There's a lot of verses that talk about, you know, having joy in the Lord and let me just say, like, if you're married and uh, your spouse is asleep, I'm not suggesting that you jump up out of bed and start yelling, this is the day the Lord has made, and wake them up. You know, now, I'm not married, obviously, and, but, like, I've been on airplanes going places, and before they serve breakfast, I'll wake up, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit there and talk to myself on the plane. <laughs> uh, you know, that would, be, that would be really odd, but i tell you what I do. Okay, so I get my Bible. And I do recite scripture, but I pray from my heart and I move my mouth, but no sound comes out. And you say, well, Rob, where do you get that from? I want to encourage you to write down 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1 is a story in there about a woman named Hannah. She was barren and she had no children. And she uh, went to the temple in Shiloh. She went into the presence of God and she said, and the Bible says she prayed from her heart. She moved her mouth, but no sound came out. And the Bible says that the Lord remembered Hannah, and the Lord let her have baby Samuel. And friends, Samuel changed the world. Samuel changed the world. So you can meditate in situations where you're in, around other people and where it would be odd just to speak out the word of God, but you can move your mouth, you can pray in your heart. Okay, so let's, let's go to the next slide, uh, Galatians 5.25. This is another great verse. Um, you know, um, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step in the Spirit. Friends, I think it's so important to, you know, pray something like this and keep it in your heart. The Holy Spirit is the only person that you'll ever have to obey. Jesus is gone from the world, but he said, I'm sending my Spirit, the Spirit of truth, and he'll teach you all things, and he'll call to remembrance every word I said. And friends, the Holy, if you've accepted Jesus, the Holy Spirit is inside of you, and he's there to guide you, he's there to teach you, he's there to tell you, slow down, Rob, speed up, Rob, shut up, Rob, talk, Rob, go talk to that person, Rob, pray for that person, Rob. And so we've got to keep in step with the Spirit, and the Spirit has a still, small voice, okay? And so you got to take those earplugs out sometimes. you got to get away from social media. You've got to go to a place of silence and solitude sometimes and listen to what the Spirit's telling you. Friends, you can pray Scripture. You say, how can I meditate on it day and night? You can pray the Scripture. You can incorporate Scriptures that you memorized into your prayer. And you speak the Word of God. And when you speak the Word of God and it comes out of your mouth and you pray what God says, then you can feel what God feels. You know, okay, so pray, continue praying during the day. Let's go on to temptation. Now, this is a big one. This is a big one. All of these are big. Um, 
And friends, I have had to deal with this in my life and I've had to learn and I just want to share with you. I don't know what your stronghold is. Okay. <clears throat> but the Bible gives us a roadmap here for the strongholds that you're tempted in. And you know, maybe you'd say, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm defeated. I'm living in defeat in this area, Rob. Whatever it is. Okay, James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves to God. That's number one. So you've got to submit yourselves to God. Number two is then resist the devil. And then the, God's promise is he will flee from you. We say, well, how do, I how do I submit myself to God? Well, whatever your stronghold is, the verses that you've memorized, the verses that are in your heart, I, I've had to get down on my knees. Okay? And a lot of times it happens like when you're alone. Not always. But... When it does, uh, but when I'm alone, I have to get down on my knees and I lift my hands. First Timothy 2, 8 says, lift holy hands without wrath or doubting. And I bow my head and I say, God, you know, I, I'm struggling here. I'm being tempted. And temptation is not sin, but it can lead you to sin. Jesus got tempted. Being tempted in something is not sin. But I'm, I'm saying, God, help me. I need your help. Help me, Lord. I need your strength. And you've got to submit to God. And if there's not time to get down on your knees, and there's not always going to be, friends, that's why we've got to be in desperate dependence on the Lord. We've got to stay prayed up. You've got to spend time in prayer. You can't just walk out the door and go to work and, you know, live your life because you've got to be in desperate dependence on the Lord. And Jesus was in desperate dependence. And then it says that after you've submitted yourself to God in that way, it says, then resist doesn't say God's going to resist the devil for you. Notice that. It says you resist and the devil will flee. We say, well, how do, how do I do that? Well, let's look and see what Jesus did. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Now, Barrett talked about this Wednesday. I, I think he got a hold of my sermon notes and was like trying to steal my thunder here. Um, but Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And uh, he fasted and he prayed. Jesus was prayed up. He submitted himself to the Father God because he was in the wilderness and he fasted and he prayed. He was submitted to God, okay? But the devil met him in the wilderness. And where did he tempt him? He tempted him in the area of hunger because Jesus hadn't eaten anything. He said, if you're God, turn these stones into bread. And the scripture records this, but he answered. And the, this is Jesus. But he answered, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What did Jesus do? He spoke scripture to Satan. He, he quoted him, Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. And Satan tempted him two more times, and each time he, he, he said, For it is written, devil. For it is written, devil. So Jesus submitted himself to God through prayer. And then when he was tempted, he quoted scripture. And friends, when you are tempted in your stronghold, whatever it is, it, it may not, you may not struggle with, with what I struggle with. I hope you don't. But whatever, we all have a struggle. You find the scripture on that. Don't you resist the devil till you've submitted yourself to God. Because you cannot resist, you can't resist the devil like that. You've got to first submit yourself to the authority of Almighty God. You've got to humble yourself and you've got to say, God, I know this is wrong. I know you don't want me to do this. I desire to do this, but I know it's not your will, not my will, but yours be done, Father. And once you've submitted yourself to the authority of God, then you resist the devil with whatever scripture that you've memorized 
And I'm telling you, I have done this in my life. And I do not have to struggle like I have had before. And the devil will flee. It is true. The devil will leave. When you use your sword, it will destroy strongholds in your life. I'm telling you. And, and so, quote scripture in temptation. Let's look at some other things. Um, what we want to do is, like, a lot of people feel shame and guilt. You know, if you're sitting out there and uh, you're feeling guilty about things that you've done in your past, you don't have any reason. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you've, you've turned from sin, uh, Jesus has forgiven you. The devil wants to bring that up in your mind because he, he wants you to feel like you're not worthy. Well, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Not any of us worthy. The reason we're forgiven is because God chose to forgive us. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. You just say, devil, I know I don't deserve it, but God made me the righteousness of, 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 of God in Christ. Through Jesus we're righteous, not because of what we've done, but through Jesus. And one of the verses that I've really recently learned, Revelation, I think you should, this is a good one to say back to the devil. Revelations 19.20. Say, uh, and the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet. And these two were thrown into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. And I'll just say that to the devil. I'll say, devil, that's your future. You know, you're trying to, <laughs> you are trying to convict me. You are trying to condemn me for what I've done. Let me remind you of what God's word says is your future. That's the devil's future. And I said, I'm looking forward to seeing that because it's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. The devil and all his works and the people that follow him, They've been defeated, and God has pronounced they're going to be cast in the lake of fire. Okay, what about, uh, you know, some other areas here? Uh, you know, are you sad, depressed? You know, things happen to us in life, and depression's real. And I'm not trying to be Pollyannish here, but the antidote to depression, one of them, and one of the antidotes to sadness is to praise God. It's to praise God. This verse that's up here on the screen's in the Bible six times. I think God's, God's trying to tell us something. I hope that you'll write it down. In, in Psalms 106.1, it says, praise the Lord to start out. In all the other verses, it doesn't have that in there. But all of them say, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Why are we praising God through our mouth? Why are we saying this first? You're saying this first because there's a war going on in your mind. And to get your mind off of the depression, you're using your mouth and you're praising God, okay? And your mouth is telling your mind what to think. You're meditating on God's word, okay? And I would encourage you to, <clears throat> in this area, submit yourself to God in your depression. You know, we talked about that in temptation. But in all of these things, get down on your hands and knees and just say, just get down on your knees if you can. I have to get on the sofa now because my knees are, I'm getting old. <laughs> but I just say, God, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with shame. And I, and, but your word says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And Lord, I just submit to that. And once you submit to God, then you resist the devil with these, uh, with these, these scriptures. Are you discouraged? Are you in discouragement today? You know, David was in 1 Samuel chapter 30. This is another thing that Barrett talked about uh, Wednesday night. There was a period of time in David's life where the King Saul had chased him out of Israel. And um, he'd been living with the Philistines, and the Philistines kicked him out too. 
And he was a man without a country. He had nowhere to go. And they sent him back to this city, he and his 600 men. And when he got there, all their wives and their children were gone. Everything they owned was taken away and the place was burned to the ground. And his men were talking about stoning him and killing him. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you couldn't talk to somebody about all the things that were going on with you? It was so bad. You could maybe tell part of it to somebody, but you couldn't tell all of it to anybody. I've been there. I've been in a place in my life where I, there was no way that I could tell one person everything that I was going through. But I could tell God, and friends, you can tell God. You can, he loves you. And not only that, we can strengthen ourselves in the Lord. That's what David did. He, did, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And one of the verses that I think he used in strengthening himself is the next one from Deuteronomy. In Hebrews, of course, Hebrews hadn't been written yet, but it says, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's one of the verses in Deuteronomy. It's quoted again in Hebrews 13, 5. David knew this verse. I believe he strengthened himself with that. He said, everybody may be against me. Everybody may hate my guts. They may be out to kill me, but God is with me. He'll never leave or forsake me. Uh, another verse that I want to end with is uh, Romans 8, 37. And I'm ending with this one because it talks about being a conqueror. It says, no, and all these things were more than conquerors through him who loved us. Hallelujah. We're more than conquerors. Well, what does it mean that to be more than a conqueror? You know, you're telling me I'm in this battle. Uh, you know, how are you more than a conqueror? You're an adopted son of God. That's how you're more than a conqueror. You're a joint heir with Christ. You're a part of his family. And uh, that's why you're more than a conqueror. God is our Abba Father. He's our Daddy Father, and He loves us. And that's how we're more than conquerors. And when you get discouraged, just remember that, that God loves you, that you're His child. And as the worship team comes up here um, for our, our uh, prayer time, I want to go back to Joshua 1.8 again. Let's put that on the screen. Uh, the verse says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but in it you will meditate day and night and be careful to do all that's written therein. And then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Friends, your battle that you're facing is not up to God. Your success is not up to God. This verse says you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way successful. God, we're in a battle, and God has given us spiritual weapons, and you've got to take up a weapon and do all you can to see. And knowing that God has already won, won the war, Jesus has won the war, but your success is not up to God. In order for you to get God's grace in this battle, you're going to have to learn to memorize some scripture and get it in your heart, speak it out of your mouth, and submit yourself to God in these areas. Friends, it's the only way. It's the only way. And so, as, uh, as we sing, I'm going to come down front. You know, maybe you'd come today and you'd say, Pastor Rob, you know, I, I, I've been coming to these uh, lessons, but, you know, I haven't had a humble heart. But I want you to pray with me, and we'll have other prayer counselors. Will you pray with me? I want to be submissive. I do want to grow in God's grace. I want to, don't want to be a baby Christian. I want to grow. Some of you may come and say, you know, I... I don't know if I can do this. I see what you're telling me, but I don't know. 
Friends, I've been there too. I did, there were times where I didn't know if I could follow God. You know, God wants you to come. Whatever your circumstance is that you're facing today. Thank you again for joining us for today's Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis. We want to encourage you to join us in person for worship soon. No podcast can ever replace the good design of God in gathering in person with other believers for worship in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with ICC, you can visit us at iccmemphis.com. As we close, we offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thanks again for joining us.